0: and Answers. Many Christians today have forgotten that we are in a war against powerful forces that seek our destruction. Our enemies will never stop and never compromise until God's people and God's church are dismantled or rendered powerless. Who and what are our adversaries, and how are Christians to engage in this struggle? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast with our host, Pat Zuckerman. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Now with part one of a message entitled, Demolishing Strongholds, is our host, Pat.
1: Good morning. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, We'll be going through verses 3 through 6 this morning. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All right, let's pray together. Lord, teach us through your word. Let us come to it today with open ears and humble hearts to take on the challenge you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, recent events in Afghanistan reminded us that we are in a war with an enemy that wants nothing less than the destruction of America and her allies and Western civilization, and to bring the entire world under the banner of a dangerous ideology. And this enemy will never stop, will never compromise until the destruction of the United States and her allies is complete. And many Christians today have forgotten that we are also engaged in a war against a powerful force that seeks nothing less than our destruction. 2 Peter says the devil roams around like a prowling lion seeking someone to befriend, to destroy, devour. That's what the enemy, he's never going to sleep, he's never going to compromise, he will either abide his time or will come up with numerous crafty ways to accomplish his purpose, the destruction of God's church and God's people. And our enemies will never stop, never compromise until God's people and God's church are dismantled or rendered powerless. And Paul shares in 2 Corinthians 10 the battle that all believers are engaged in and how we should engage in this struggle. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. First thing you've got to understand, folks, we are in a war. People don't like to hear that terminology. They don't like to hear conflict. They don't like to hear about war. Well, Paul repeatedly states in the New Testament, we are in a war. Like it or not, We are in a war. Ephesians 6, is that using military terms or not? He says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual rulers, principalities, and powers of this dark age. And unfortunately, too many Christians have come to believe it is wrong and unbiblical to disagree with others. Our job is to be nice to everyone, and accept and be accommodating to everyone. Believers have forgotten, we are in a struggle. We are literally in a war against not people, but false ideas that seek to dismantle our faith in Christ and render our faith powerless. Remember, the church and Christians, we do not proclaim and live out our message in isolation but in the midst of a culture, of, in a world with powerful ideas that oppose God's truth. And the devil has made us believe engaging in battle against ideas opposed to the gospel is unloving, is unspiritual, that we're supposed to accept everyone and their beliefs to accommodate and compromise with the ideas of the world around us the very thing that we are called to do, the enemy has made us believe that is unchristian and unbiblical. And today, many churches, many Christians refuse to stand their ground and instead have chosen to accommodate and compromise with the world. So in an attempt to be accepted by the world, many churches have chosen to say, come, let us tell you about Jesus But we will make sure we will not teach or say anything that may upset you. And Christians, we forget, we're not here to be accepted and liked by the world. We're called to preach truth and engage false ideas and false teachers and false teachings with the truth of God's Word and the power of His Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says, although we walk in the flesh, meaning We live in a fallen world, and we live and possess frail and fallen bodies. Paul is saying here, we possess nothing supernatural in and of ourselves, but we live in frail bodies of clay, as he says. Therefore, when we engage in the struggle in this world, we engage not according to the flesh. We do not rely on human resources that are void of divine power. We don't rely on methods of the world, on cunning, deception, big marketing budgets, glitzy advertising, smooth talk, and maneuvering. We are in a war, and we're called not to be like the world or compromise with the world, but to engage in a battle against false ideologies of the world that oppose the truth of God's Word. Imagine if we sent our soldiers out there to the Middle East. They're trained to engage in combat and defeat terrorism, not to be liked or to be accepted or adopt their culture and ideas while still trying to remain American, but they're called to engage and defeat terrorist groups and organizations. Imagine if you told our soldiers, when you go out there and you meet ISIS, compromise with them, adopt their values, try to be as much like them as possible. Try to give in as much, try to do your best to be liked by them, and hopefully they'll play nice with us. No, I don't think you get any soldier to go on a mission like that. Be crazy. They're called to what? Engage and defeat the enemy because, (laughs) They're looking to take you down. And today we see many churches compromising with the world, presenting a message that says, we love you and we're just like you. We'll tell you about Jesus and some truths of the Bible, the stuff that makes you feel good. But don't worry, we won't ever disagree with you. We have many churches and ministries today that don't address the tough issues of our day and don't preach the tough passages right i sit down with numerous elders from churches around the island and the country say shouldn't churches uh be addressing this transgender stuff and this critical theory it's destroying and splitting churches all over the place sin like alcoholism and adultery and divorce and gay lifestyle shouldn't church be addressing those things and i said absolutely if the church doesn't where is everyone going to get their answer from going to get from the culture, from the media, uh, from school, or whatever it may be, all right? Church's not going to address those issues. People need to find the answer somewhere else, and they will, you know, and if we do not, and, and so that's why we're so glad that this church is willing to address those kind of tough issues like critical theory and others. But when we don't address those tough issues, when we don't preach those kind of tough passages, we end up with a compromised church, shallow in faith, with people living in sin, believing false doctrines which end up dividing the body of Christ. You know, this is one of the reasons why preaching the Bible today in church is such a hostile, I'm walking in such hostile arenas. Many people walk out as I'm speaking, you know, they'll often shout something at me, and then they'll, walk, they'll make a big scene and walk out. Had it here in Hawaii, here in the U.S. They walk out whenever I mention anything about the gay lifestyle being contrary to what the Bible teaches. Or that men and women are created different, designed different by God. I mean, They just shout something nasty and walk out. Or that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Or if I say those who don't have Christ will be separated from him forever in hell it gets nasty in church because why our churches are filled with people believing false doctrines thinking steeped in a sinful lifestyle thinking that's great i'm accepted i'm loved because no one's going to address those issues or tell me otherwise and our children are being inundated in that in their schools and colleges saying transgenderism is normal the gay lifestyle is normal christians who say jesus is the only way are racist That's hateful, right? They're being inundated in that five days a week. And when they come to church and they hear a pastor saying those separated from Christ spend eternity separated from him in hell, they think, what a hateful, racist thing. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. Man, when I get 18 and out of my parents' authority, boy, I'm out of here. That's kind of, our churches are filled with young people believing false doctrines, living in sin and so our application for today is this You need to understand we're in a war against spiritual powers and false ideas holding people in captivity our calling is not to be liked by the world or compromise with the world but to engage in battle against these false ideas remember truth and love go together All right? They always go together. The most loving act you can exercise is to share God's truth in love and turn people from believing a lie to truth that could set them free, as Jesus said. But remember, that very truth that could set them free could also offend those who refuse to open their hearts and minds to God's truth. So you must remember, we're in a war. Second, a warrior must know their weapons and how to use them. Paul says here, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So the forces against the Christian and the church that we must engage are not those of flesh and blood. Paul says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They are not of this world. They're given by God, and only they can engage successfully in this struggle. And our weapons are powerful. He says they have divine power to destroy strongholds. So Paul is using the imagery here of siege warfare. Okay? Arrows, spears, and slings are of little use in breaking down fortress walls. What was needed to demolish fortress walls are heavy artillery back then, battering rams, catapults. That's the heavy artillery back then. And the fortress walls here are false arguments and ideas that oppose God's truth. Paul pictures the mind as a fortress filled with false ideas that keep people from seriously considering the gospel message of Christ. The goal of the Christian often before they're going to take us seriously is to tear down those walls, those false ideas that keep them from seriously considering the gospel. The Christian is to be equipped and demolish those arguments, the deceptions that people believe. And only remember, we don't preach and we don't live our message in isolation. We live it in a culture that has powerful ideas that oppose the message of Christ. These false ideas are the strongholds that keep people captive. The strongholds today are the false ideas that oppose the message of Christ. Critical theory, the transgender movement, atheistic Darwinism, naturalism, relativism, pluralism, syncretism, These are the strongholds that keep people from considering the message of Christ. And through training, the Christian is to dismantle these false arguments that fortify a person's unbelief and resistance to the gospel. We demolish these deceptions that people believe. And in demolishing these strongholds, it requires the heavy artillery. and Paul talks about the kind of weapons we have in Ephesians 6, right? Truth, the Word of God, righteous living, a life that's trusting daily in Christ, and prayer. These are what is needed to engage in the battle that stands before us. You know, I was talking to a mother after a conference. She came up to me, and she says she can see her high school daughter walking away from the faith. And I said, why is that? She says, well, her friends in school and, all, and many of her teachers live the gay lifestyle. Many are going through transgender transformation. She's got friends who are atheists and other religions. And she says, I'm being constantly told, this is normal. You must accept it. To believe anything else is hateful, is racist. You're being a bigot. And she said, I, I can't hold to a faith that's such a hateful religion like Christianity. I just can't. You know. And she could see that her daughter was moving away from the faith. And she said, what can I say? What can I possibly say to her? And I said, well... You have to understand the nature of truth. Truth is narrow. Truth is absolute. Truth is exclusive. Okay? Two plus two equals four. Not six, not ten, not whatever I want it to. Oh, how narrow-minded. How hateful. How racist. No, that's the way. Truth is narrow. Truth excludes its opposite. Truth is absolute. That's the nature of truth. Okay? If you go to your pharmacist, you better hope he has a narrow view of truth. Okay, if you say, hey, I need penicillin, he goes, well, you know, you can take this, you can take that, you know, here, how about some rat poison? You better hope when you say, I need penicillin and this amount, he's got a narrow view of truth. When you say, now how many pills do I take a day? You better hope he has a narrow view of truth. You know, if he looks at you and goes, whatever you want, what do you want, two, three, ten, 10, hey, go ahead, whatever makes you feel good. No, you better hope he has a... Your accountant, when you say, hey, how much money I got in the bank? How much taxes am I going to pay? You better hope he has a narrow view of truth. That's the nature of truth. It's unloving to let others be deceived by a lie. If they embrace a lie, it will lead to their destruction. The most loving thing you can do is to present the truth. So our application today is this. Christians must not only know God's truth, but the ideas that dominate our culture today. Because that is what you see in the media. That's what your kids are facing, your grandkids, your friends. That's what they're being bombarded with in school. So the Christian church are called to engage the ideas and their culture for Christ. That's why I'm glad Pastor Jason's passing out uh, Vodi Bacham's book, very outstanding Christian critique of one of the dominant theories of our day. So we're called to engage the false ideas of the culture. And what is our goal? Paul says here, to demolish strongholds and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. The terms here are warfare, of siege warfare, by which fortified walls are torn down. And these strongholds belong to the mind and the will. These false ideas that keep people from hearing and seriously considering the gospel, often we have got to tear down those arguments. Paul says here, we demolish strongholds, we destroy arguments. The Greek word there means it's a violent word, right? It means to dig down and overthrow. It means to... Destroy. It means to demolish. And we're to demolish the false ideas that stand in opposition to God's truth and biblical teaching. And what's the goal? Take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Removing and replacing false ideas with biblical truth. That's what a Christian is called to do. I remember I was speaking to an atheist and his buddies after playing a round of golf. We were there at the 19th hole. And someone shared with him, he said, hey, have you ever considered going to church? And the gentleman looked at us straight with an angry face and said, I'd rather be in hell with my friends than going to church and going to heaven. And everyone was kind of stunned. And then everyone kind of looked at me like, what are we supposed to say? You know? And I kind of said, well, what, what, what would make you say that? He goes, how can a... God of love, send people to hell. What kind of religion is that? God makes people only and sends them to hell. And I said, well, God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. Second Peter 3, God does not wish that anyone should perish, but all come to repent. God's heart is for the whole world to come to believe in Christ. And he's gone out of his way to make the message known. If people go to hell, it's because they have faith. Chosen to reject God. And God is not a divine rapist. He's not going to force you to believe Him. You will love me. You will love me. If you don't want to be with God now, you won't want to be with Him for eternity. So He allows you to make that choice and be separated from Him forever. God doesn't make you go there. People choose to go there. And He kind of looked at me and said, Well, then, how can a loving God? torture people in hell. What kind of God is that? You know, if I took a puppy here or a baby seal and I tortured that thing to death, I'd be thrown in jail. What kind of of God is that? I said, oh, God doesn't torture people in hell. Luke 16 and other passages in the Bible says, people in hell are in torment, not torture. Torment is the Do you know the difference? Torture is from the outside. Someone inflicts it on you. Torment comes from within. It's self-inflicted. right, it's like solitary confinement. No one is in there torturing the guy, all right? But why is solitary confinement so bad? Because they're in torment. They have to live with the crime that they have committed, separated from love and any kind of consolation that they may receive. They're there all by themselves living with that, and they are tormented, right? So God's not torturing people there. They're tormented from within. Well, then he looked at me and said, well, I'm an engineer and scientist by background. I need evidence. I need evidence. I'm not just going to believe something. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. And that's why I'm a Christian. There's more evidence for Christianity and the Christian worldview than for any other ideology out there, much more than atheism. You know, that's why I became a Christian. The evidence was just too overwhelming. <laughs> he's kind of like, huh? You could see we were demolishing those strongholds, right? Those false beliefs that he was using to keep Christians at bay, to resist the truth of God's word, were being torn down. And suddenly you could see a new kind of openness to the message of Christ. Now, he didn't accept Christ that day, but you could see that walls were beginning to come down. So the application for us today is this. All Christians must get equipped to know the truth and engage the ideas of the culture for Christ, okay? You may be sitting there thinking, I didn't do that. That's for the pastors. That's for the elders. That's for the Sunday school teachers, okay? Well, your kids are inundated with this stuff. When they come home and they ask you, you're the front lines of defense there. Your junior high daughter is probably not going to call Pastor Jason and say, Pastor Jason, I got a question about this. Right. They're going to ask you. You're the front lines of defense here. Your grandchildren. It's all our responsibility. And finally, Paul says here, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Paul stands alert and ready to punish the rebels. Okay? And these rebels are not those outside the church. These are people who have infiltrated the church.
0: We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or even hold a conference at your church or location, give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence & Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Please use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share it with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. That's honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukren.